first reading is from Amos chapter 5, verses 18 to 24. The title of this passage is The Day of the Lord, a Dark Day. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. As if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear, or went into the house and rested a hand against a wall and was bitten by a snake. It is not, is not the day of the Lord darkness, not light, and gloom with no brightness in it. I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the offerings of well-being of your fatted animals, I will not look upon. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the melody of your harps, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Amen. The second reading is from Matthew, chapter 7, verses 21 to 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell The floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall, because the house was founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And great was its fall. Amen. So, Amos, our first reading, uh, starts a little, it's a little bit dark. Anyone who knows me, I like the melancholy, I quite like the dark. But Amos 5.18 starts with, Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. Why do you want the day of the Lord? It is darkness, not light. As if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. And then he goes on, I hate, I despise your festivals. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. It's quite strong, this this passage. It's a... It makes you wonder what on earth was going on 
It starts off with like Amos, the prophet, speaking. And it's almost as if at this point, like, I hate, I despise your festivals. As if God takes over. Like, it's like, no, no, you're not, you're not putting it strong enough. I hate and despise your offerings, your solemn assemblies. Amos was a farmer. He wasn't the elite. He wasn't necessarily like that well-educated. He was from amongst the people. And there comes this voice. Alas for you who desire the day of the Lord. God has rejected your offerings and your worship. So why does God reject these offerings? Why does God reject their worship? Because it is false. Because it's empty. He rejects this false worship because it's not worship. It's not true worship of God. It's almost worship of a false idol. You see, the culture that was around at the time, the, the situation that was in Israel at the time, is one that is not unknown to us today. The rich and the elite hoarding wealth, the poor and the destitute left with nothing. Injustice. Those on the margins pushed further and further out. Those who do not fit the ideal of what it is to be righteous, rejected, pushed aside. Injustice was rife in the streets. And not only that, those that had the power, those that had the wealth, were totally assured that God was on their side. So much so that they were pretty certain that at some point God was going to come and destroy all their enemies in violence and retribution. Destroy their idols because obviously they're the ones that are doing it wrong. They were desiring this day of the Lord where their kind of justice was going to be meted out on those that were different from them. And God rejects this false hope. This self-satisfaction that said not only were they in the right, but God was, they didn't even have to get their hands dirty. God was going to come and destroy their enemies. God was going to torture them. God was going to throw out his hand in violence. Because obviously, their enemies were going to be God's enemies. Because they were righteous. They were giving their offerings. They were worshipping in the temple. They were doing all the right stuff. Except what really mattered. Caring for the poor, the broken, the lowly. They worshipped violence and not God's violence, their own violence. Their own knowledge that they were right and everyone else was wrong. Their own arrogance. Their idea of what justice was. And God rejects it. 
Because for God, justice should roll down like water, like an ever-flowing stream. It brings life. It brings hope for this nomadic desert people. The idea of a water flowing is what the symbol of life and hope was. This meant that they could get up tomorrow and continue to work because they have water. That's what justice should be. That's what God's justice is. It pours out righteousness like a life-giving stream of hope. It is something that is offered to those that have not and given them a lifeline. It's food for those that are hungry. It's water for those that are thirsty. It's shelter for those that are cold. It's refreshing. And what Amos is saying in this passage is that basically obedience to God's heart is better than worship. Because who God's enemy is is not who you think it is. These people of Israel have become the enemy of God. And so we skip ahead. I'm going to need to read another passage from Matthew, a parable. Then the kingdom of heaven will be made like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamp and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oils with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight, there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. And all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go and deal, uh, to the dealer and buy some more for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who already went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you, need no, you know neither the day nor the hour. So you have this foolish and wise sort of juxtaposition. We heard it in our reading as well, the foolish man and the wise man. And these foolish bridesmaids are also rejected, rejected by the bridegroom. I don't know, you keep out. And in Matthew 7... Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. And then you have the story of the wise man and the foolish man. 
And you have this idea of there are those who are rejected, those who are foolish, and those who are wise. And so what is this wisdom that we need to get hold of so we can get in? Well, if you look at what is around these passages, the teaching that Matthew shares of what Jesus was sharing, it's basically the Beatitudes. Blessed are the weak. Blessed are the lowly. Blessed are the peacemakers. The unlikely ones. They're not the self-righteous. They're not the ones that have it all sewn up together. They're not the strong. They're not the privileged. They're the broken, the meek, the poor in spirit. Those who mourn. That's what the wisdom is. That's what God welcomes. See, God is the same in both of these passages. He rejects self-righteousness. He rejects the world's wisdom. He rejects wealth. He rejects power. He rejects the violence. What he welcomes are the people, the broken, the lost, the meek, the peaceful. So what do we worship? What side of this divide do we perhaps fall upon? Do we think we know who God's enemies are and expect him to come in with anger and retribution and justice? Or do we see who's God's enemy really is. The person staring back at us in the mirror sometimes. Because God have mercy on me, I am a sinner. I let my heart become filled with anger and righteousness at those who wrong me. But that is not the way of the cross. Do you still worship God's violence? Or do you want to be a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? And on this day of remembrance. What is it that we worship? Is it our own violence? Or is it a true hope for another way of being? For a world that has true peace 
turns the other cheek to highlight the violence in this world. To shine a light on our own brokenness. We have seen the enemy, and it is us. God, have mercy on us, because we are sinful. So where is our true hope? Where can we place our hope on this dark day? And so we look to Jesus, the living parable, who goes out into the darkness and stays with the foolish bridesmaids. I mean, that story for me always makes me think of the garden, the night that Jesus is arrested. He stays with the disciples. He gets frustrated with them, but he stays with them. And then when it all goes down, he's the one comforting them and telling them not to worry, that it's going to be okay. He's the one when violence is poured out upon him, turns the other cheek and responds in love. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Showing the violence of the system that we are all caught up in. He is one with the broken and the lowly and the bereft. Crying out, God, God, why have you forsaken me? He knows loneliness. He knows rejection. He knows our fear. Jesus is our true hope. He leads us and shows us the other way of being, shows us the pacifist route, the the way of nonviolence, the way of hope, the way of love, the way of truth. the way to be a light in this world. The way to be the hope for those that are hopeless. The way to offer another path. The way to pour out justice as life-giving water, not righteousness of my way of being is better than yours. He sees who the enemy enemy is. And he loves us anyway. And invites us to walk in his footsteps. To be like him.
to expose the violence and the false worship of the system that we exist in. Because he has mercy on us. The sinner. Let us pray for this community here this morning. Our family in Christ, one body with many parts. For those of us this week who have struggled, stumbled, sworn blind that giving up was the only way, we pray for strength for the loving arm of support from a friend, for peace to fill their hearts. For those of us who have found joy, laughter, hope, we pray that we will not keep these to ourselves, but use it as a catalyst for good in our community. And we also bring to you now our wider family in the London Baptist Association and the Baptist Union of Great Britain. Lord, bless them and keep them. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. We consider our city, the heaving metropolis of London, the eight million souls who live and work with one another. We pray for the tensions that build in such a context and that overspill into anger and violence. We remember Michael Jones especially this week. Another young black man stabbed to death in southeast London. Bring peace to that family, to that community, through your people there. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. As the weather turns colder, as the skies open and the ground becomes sodden, we give thanks for the work of our partners C4WS and the start of the night shelter again. We pray for those who will come through our doors and the doors of our neighbouring churches and for the volunteers. We remember that as our minds turn to preparing for the festive season, that Christ did not seek wealth, privilege or status, but poverty, the least, and death on the cross. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. Our government this week has once again been front-page news, and for all the wrong reasons. We seek wisdom to discern through the noise of the media and the gifting of voices to speak up when there is wrongdoing. When we learn of further abuses of our tax system, let us consider what a fair society, a true paradise in your kingdom could be, and then go forward and build it. Lord, We choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. Loving God, we cry for peace in the lives of those who have experienced abuse that has become ingrained in our society, sexual, emotional, and physical. Those who have spoken loud, but also those who fear their voice and the power in it. We sit uncomfortably with that tension not knowing what to say, not knowing how to respond. In your mercy, guide us to wisdom, compassion, and hope for a safer future. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it.
The world you entrusted us with is divided, broken by wars that are started through hatred, mistrust, and greed. We pray for the Middle East, which so often features in our prayers, and yet all we can keep doing is keep praying for that peace. We also pray for the wars that have been forgotten, the conflicts in Yemen, and for rising rising tensions in the Ukraine once more. We earnestly pray for those caught in conflicts not of their own doing, for those who find themselves trapped in games of war dictated by others far, far away. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. Prince of Peace, it is the coming of your kingdom that we seek, the kingdom of God both experienced now and in a time that which is yet to come. We pray for those who seek to build another kingdom, through the coercion of military conflict for profit and power, and for those who fear conflict may always be inevitable, instill in them your peace. We pray for individuals and communities to rise up, speak truth, and set the captives free. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. In remembrance, Lord, We pray for all those who have suffered and lost their lives in conflict, for the broken of body, broken of mind, broken of soul. We pray for those that continue fighting today, those trained to defeat the so-called enemy at all costs, whatever the color of their skin, language they speak, or uniform they wear. We pray for your hope and peace to be experienced by them all. Lord, we choose to depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and pursue it. We pray all of these things, not through our own strength, but through the strength of Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, who came not to conquer, but to liberate, not to rule, but to be broken, not to bring war, but to only bring peace. Amen.